And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 126. And before we get into discussing this episode, we would just like to wish one of our patrons, Madalena, a very happy birthday week. Happy birthday, Madalena! We hope it's awesome and thank you so much for all of your support. And moving into this episode, we are actually going to be continuing Kristen's nightmare with (laughs) The Grudge 2. Gross, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. But The Grudge too, you know, after you've seen The Grudge, it's just kind of, you know, sprinkles in at that point. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it was a little boring. I was ready for it to be over. You know, I, re- I remember back in middle school, The Grudge series were like big movies for me. Mm-hmm. You know, or I guess it was middle school or early high school. I don't really remember. But that same age I always talk about. And they were pretty scary when you're young and like I remember them being just like the movies to like cower to and like with Mm -hmm. your friends and you know and everything just being like oh what the hell was that you know or do you turn the lights off scare yourselves yeah yeah exactly so it still gets some some street cred for that but (laughs) you know a lot of this in my opinion this came out just a few years after the first one I want to say yeah it was actually greenlit within months of the actually within four days of the first one coming out yeah so it was pretty quickly they were like ooh, (laughs) money money another one yeah (laughs) So that's fine. Some of the time, these things can be pretty good. And this one wasn't like the worst sequel I've ever seen by any means. Yeah. So the first one came out in 04. This one came out in 06. So it took them like, what, a year to make it? Right. So (laughs) very quick. Sam Raimi was involved in this one. And so, you know, there were some, there's a lot of good aspects to this film. It had a budget of 20 million and brought in about 70. So Okay, so it still got its money back. Respectable-ish, yeah. It's yeah. not like it, you know, just took totally it Totally bombed. But, yeah. yeah. And it, you know, it's pretty pretty decent, I guess. There, but I will say, like, the story of this one, there were so many moving parts. Like, so many storylines. And I feel like it would have been, we'll talk about it, you know, the plot. I feel like it would have been better had they, like, picked, like, maybe one or maybe two. Yes, agree. (laughs) That's actually one of my comments is there's a storyline of a family in Chicago because basically what we're doing is we're taking the grudge and we're taking it from Japan and we're moving it to a different house or an apartment complex in Chicago. I think that wasn't needed at all. Honestly, was the most boring part of the fucking movie. If we had stayed in Japan with the the Japanese schoolgirls and them dealing with the haunted house and our first girl, from the grudge one karen her sister comes to japan to come bring her sister back it doesn't work out but we get to deal with her sister's storyline for a little bit too i think the stuff in japan was great the stuff in chicago terrible yeah it it, and that's the thing like to be perfectly honest with you i thought these were all just americans living in japan so i didn't even get that it went to the united states to be perfectly honest with you exactly exactly didn't 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 even fucking know that so (laughs) i i just it just 
there were like I, some of the time I was like, who is that? You know, like who? Mm-hmm. What family is this one in? Mm-hmm. I didn't quite get it, or how it got where, or you know. And, and I understand like the evil is being unleashed, and that does move the stakes up. Like you know, it's it's growing, and the the I know it's not like an actual infection, but you know, it's like spreading. Yeah, into an apartment complex. So now we have multiple families that this could affect. Yeah, and it's a non it's like non-linear as far as like time goes too, mm-hmm. which also can be fine, but mm-hmm. you and it's not even that the movie is like confusing, I guess, because it's you understand what's going on. It's just like you forget who people are because they don't give you time to get to know any of these characters really yes i agree i think that's part of the problem with too many storylines you don't have enough time in an hour and 45 minutes to care about any of these people one family has three people and one family has four people and then we're still still dealing with the girl from the originals and her now her sister has gone to japan to figure out what has happened because of course they get a phone call that she's in the hospital burned down a house her boyfriend's dead so her sister goes over to basically go see her and find out what's going on so we still have that storyline too and then she makes friends with some other guy that went into the house and so there's him and just in those like it's like okay and then there's the like these schoolgirls that let this one girl in that are still over and I, it's just super confusing like i some of them i was like nope don't know you don't care <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's like, not that you even have to care because you know that they're all going to die off. As soon as they get in that house, they're all going to die off. So you're just now waiting for how they're going to be scared to death. Yeah, well, and this was a big flex on, you know, she was really scary in the first one. So let's see how many different ways and different times we can have her, the grudge girl come and kill these different people so if you have a bunch of people that need to be killed you can come up with a bunch of creative ways to show her and for her to scare people but mm-hmm. I think it's this might be like kind of a hot take I guess but if you're gonna do that maybe make I know that they have the grudge three but like you just push too much into one movie so like maybe continue them or something I don't really know what or just condense it down she can still be scary and she is still scary mm-hmm. not but as scary Correct. And I think once you see something so many times, you become very desensitized to it. Yeah. And and you see her a lot more in this one. So in the, the original grudge, we have uh, at least three different ghosts that we see throughout the film. In this one, it's mostly just her. And you see her more out and about, which is cool. I'm, I love that. I like there's one scene in a locker room where you as the audience see her in that corner but the main girl isn't and then when she does she like pees herself it's so terrifying great great scene i love that but we see her a little bit too often actually which is unfortunate because she is supposed to be terrifying yeah and i think like i said it loses its luster you know when you Mm -hmm. almost every other scene exactly exactly there's something she's in in it yeah, and that's a little exaggerated, but it didn't feel like it. Like you said, it's only like an hour and 40-something minutes, and it's like you really see her just all the time. Exactly. Or we're going back to Chicago and you're boring me to death. Like That's yeah. basically it. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to tell stories of people, you have to give them some form of characterization. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, when you're showing family dynamics and trying to build these things just to kill them off, immediately your audience member is just not interested. But that wasn't their point anyways. Again, they just wanted to show her off. Yes. I mean, the effects were good, you know. It's not like... This isn't like the worst time I've ever spent watching a movie. I didn't dislike it, you know, adamantly. It's just, it's definitely one of those things that of the times came around and they were like, ooh, let's continue to, you know, you go to the movies and I could see this being pretty creepy mm -hmm. and like theater if you were scared by the first one. And it is, you know, now we've had the grudge and Juwan in the ring for so many years. It just doesn't really have the same hit and I remember when I was younger watching The Grudge 2 was an experience but mm -hmm. now it's just a little bit different because you're looking for more in a movie than you were back then right especially as a horror fan exactly you also mentioned like they should have split this up and I wanted to bring that back around because I find that funny because I always I always remember the grudge too as just the schoolgirls. like we're still in japan i always seem to think that the chicago storyline is the grudge three but it's not and i've even seen the grudge three and i don't even remember what the fuck it's about <laughs> i have also seen the grudge three i think but it also seems like once you get into the threes and the fours you don't remember things. yeah so exactly that's why it also i completely understand saying oh we'll make more also doesn't really make sense because people will just not mm -hmm. watch you know <laughs> because it's not interesting anymore but yeah i don't remember what the storyline to the third one is either now i'm kind of interested to figure it out right <laughs> because i'm like what but if bad going way back to juon they took some elements from juon to make this second one i mean obviously it's based on this yeah the schoolgirls were actually a part of juon so we exactly. took that out and we put it in the grudge too yeah and juon was able to like have you know several different components but still do it well but it didn't throw like a bajillion different family lives at you you know and make you watch all of them in different times and it's just that that feels weird and it wasn't written well enough in my opinion to mm -hmm. be like a non-linear movie mm -hmm. I guess because I see throwing it back to the first one and showing some of that sequences because if you've seen the first one you already know what happened but it was it was even bouncing around between the new storylines too yes no it, I agree I feel like that's something that maybe they should have just left for the first one because it it did help at the end of the grudge to see all these storylines come together and all these different timelines and how they were overlapping I liked that the fact that these ghosts are in a different time all together and they're just reliving this over and over again and you can actually step into that was pretty cool I don't necessarily think that they needed to do it twice I do understand that part of why they did that was because in the original Japanese series a girl comes in and she actually ends up replacing I always forget how to say her name Kyoko Kayoko she ends up replacing her as the ghost she gets killed so I, I think that they really wanted to bring that into the grudge too. So they needed to kind of figure out a timeline thing again. But I feel like, I don't know, that was one thing I didn't like them doing twice. Yeah. And something when you kind of bring up like what it's showing you as far as like time there, we also kind of get a backstory to the actual grudge character herself and her that childhood was cool. and her mother, you know, so it kind of tells you a little bit about why you know she is the way that she is because you know the whole thing of the grudge is 
a curse is born when someone dies in rage basically right and but that's you know people die in rage all the time murders happen all the time exactly so what made this special and so we basically get that her mother was somebody that people would come to when they felt that they were possessed by spirits or being basically haunted and kind of an americanized way to say it but she would pull those spirits out of them and basically feed them to her daughter right so so fucked up even if she had died peacefully do you think she would have just like gone away (laughs) (laughs) right or all those spirits and gross energy is that just gonna keep her around forever i would assume keep her around yeah it does make me interested to know like why i'm assuming the the whole dying in rage thing and just being around her is why the kid is still part like one of her too and that's not the entire component but I could get you know why the rage is especially heightened yeah or I mean the fact that she even gave birth to him I could assume maybe something of hers passed on to him oh that's a really good point too I didn't think about that and then the cat's just a scary trope so right exactly (laughs) they use that as a mode to get people's attention when you send a black cat you know through the classroom like in this one where we have our teenage storyline of girls sitting in the classroom and a cat walks through their legs that's obviously like a a sign you know exactly so when we have her now i have seen two differing opinions on the they're saying you could should have just left it alone and left her creepy with no backstory but i didn't really mind the backstory part of things but it didn't last for very long because she just fucking killed her mother as soon as she was presented with the opportunity right exactly for some reason i always thought see i get a bunch of movies mixed up with the grudge too for some reason like i already said the the chicago storyline i thought was in the grudge three and this whole going back to the village and the mother was putting demons in her i thought that was shutter or the ring i could i forgot where these things came in but i liked it yeah they do get kind of muddled like the Mm -hmm. grudge stories do because i I don't even remember i'm trying to like i kind of want to look up the grudge three but like you know we might but like i don't exactly yeah because like i don't want to like spoil it but like that came out in 2009 i'm not even like a hundred percent sure i've seen this i i mean i had to have seen it but this is not like doesn't look like sam raimi was involved with the third one and yeah it was like straight to dvd yeah it's a oh initial dvd release yeah it's about some guy in a mental hospital so I don't even know. Oh, I, that doesn't even sound familiar. So <laughs> I exactly. swear to God, I've seen it, but I don't know. Now, I will say one scene that has always stuck with me with the grudge happened at the very beginning of this one. And again, this is as far as horror goes, especially for this time. Obviously, Juan did it first in Japan, and then we brought the grudge over here. But they're different because Juan is scary in a different way. It doesn't it's not like she's not in your face the whole time in Juon, from what I remember. Yeah. She's scary, but they, they don't push it like we do over here because they don't need that like instant gratification of scare because they could just, if you even just told this story in like a few sentences, you know, that's scary. This, this idea of her and where she comes from and why she comes from is terrifying. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, that's spooky, but we want to be fucked up. Like, you know, (laughs) 
we want you to scare us. We want you to show us imagery that's going to keep us awake. And because we've been pumped full of, you know, all sorts of horrifying imagery since as long as we can remember, they really had to push it. And so the Grudge and the Grudge 2 are a little bit more in your face than the Japanese originals as far as like the effects go. But mm -hmm. I remember specifically the scene, there's a scene in the very beginning when Karen, who is Sarah Michelle Geller from the first one, she's in the hospital, the hospital hallway scene up to the roof. Mm -hmm. That one always, for some reason, I was like, I just hated it. And then she gets up to the roof and is just flung off the roof. I don't know. It just always really creeped me out. No, I agree. Especially because she's strapped to her hospital bed because they don't want her getting up or leaving or any of that. Because, well, I mean, she's involved in arson of a house. Like, she's potentially a criminal right now. And she's not all there. So you got to keep her strapped down. And then you know that the grudge lady's coming. And she's strapped down. And you're like, oh, my fucking God, what's going to happen? And she gets out. But, like, my one of the scenes that I always remember is when the grudge, I'm just going to call it the grudge bitch, comes up behind the bed that she's in that's mm -hmm. creepy yeah and even like without the imagery can you imagine being like strapped to a bed mm -hmm. and the spirit is like going to descend on you and knowing what she no. looks like oh my god yeah. and and sarah michelle geller or karen is so good because you can see it on her face that it's not like this is the first time that she's doing this she's slowly scaring her to death in this hospital because you can see it on her face where it's She's terrified, but at the same time, she's like, oh, not again on her face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's another reason why, like, when people talk about the grudge not being scary, I can understand from, like, a writing perspective, you know, some mm -hmm. of those things. But if you were to see that, you cannot tell me. Uh -huh. If you were to see that bitch in the corner of your fucking room in the middle of the night, you wouldn't fucking just a absolutely right yeah. or like the the original one where we have the mother that has dementia and she's slowly just you know driving her more and more insane mm -hmm. and like and then to to realize that this woman has just been scaring the fuck out of her for days and days and days just slowly coming out of the ceiling or standing in the corner and you have dementia and you can't even speak right now to tell people what's going on that's fucking terrifying yeah the whole idea of this is and another reason japanese storytelling does so such a good job and makes such good films that we utilize uh, remakes for and you know it, it's just like terrifying the kid is also terrifying him just mm -hmm. sitting around in corners and shit just waiting to pop out at you like in this one so one of our first scenes we take the the new girl in school in this international school and we take her to the haunted house and you have to sit in the closet and you know we've done it before no you haven't you're not dead so you're lying to this poor girl but we've done it before you have to sit in there for like a minute or something in the dark in the closed closet and then the the fucking grudge kid pops out at you fucking terrifying and the screams that this girl has and i'm like yep yep that's me yep yeah, and first I would the so these bullies take this poor girl that Fucking is like mean girls. Yeah, that is like antisocial or at least maybe not antisocial, but she definitely doesn't have any friends to be social with. Yeah. So she's alone all the time and they take advantage of that by saying it's that very typical like mean girl, especially from movie writing. You know, we'll be your friend, but you have to like go through this whole initiation of going into the, like one of the most haunted houses in Japan and you have to get into this closet and they basically like lock her in there. Now one of them is feeling some kind of way about it but the kind of 
head bitch in charge, you know, she is Mm -hmm. very, like, she doesn't give a shit what her friend thinks. She's going to be mean to this girl. And they cause, I mean, they all get haunted, but especially like they get taken pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. if, if I had to be haunted, I would want, want that situation. Yeah. To just be done. I want a short taunting, please. I don't like months and months of this, even weeks, even days. Like if it's a day and then I die, that's much better than like seeing something like by the end, this girl, this poor girl, she is like in a fetal position in a sweatshirt and it's been, people are just dropping dead all around her would much prefer to have just gone because one of the girls and and they do like recreate the, you know, under the covers scene, kind of. Kind of. You don't get to see the face, but yeah. Well, it takes her from behind then after that into kind of a mirror. So they make you think they're going to do it and then they don't, which I actually have respect for because Mm -hmm. like when you, when you see that in a sequel, you're kind of like, you're just repeating the success that you had. Right. Exactly. I I actually did read that in the trivia that pay a lot of attention to when they were redoing scenes from the first one. They didn't want to like they're, there, the original ending for this one was supposed to be Karen's mom receives a box with her daughter's personal stuff, both of her daughters, and then all of a sudden she coughs up a hairball with of the you know the grudge girl's hair and an eyeball, and then it rips her jaw off, which they didn't want to do because of Yoko from the original one. So they were they really tried not to do that. Yeah, and we'll get to the ending here in a little bit because that was also a little of an uh, kind of an interesting choice I thought mm-hmm. but yeah and I you know with Sam Raimi on board this is not like he hasn't done sequels before right so at least they had someone that you know kind of knew what they were doing uh, sort of you know that has had success from you know multiple yeah. series and like multiple installments yeah and not that this whole movie is attributed to him but having him on board I'm sure was an asset uh, because I think you know it's super like if this had been basically just a copy paste I'd be ripping this to shreds right now yeah because absolutely. she can be as scary as she is but if you just do everything you did from the first one what'd you spend 20 million dollars on really? right exactly I mean you made more money I guess sure but mm. but basically the most interesting storyline to me was actually the sister that goes to get her because agreed yeah she's actually the one researching about why this thing exists and how to take it out which I would have been fine with that storyline alone Mm -hmm. personally I know that they needed some filler well and and I think that the schoolgirls were fine for the filler I don't think you needed a third filler of the Chicago storyline Exactly. And I I think you're right. I think the schoolgirls would have done a sufficient job of showing that it's spreading outside mm-hmm. of the house, too. you know, or if you wanted to do something like that, you know, yeah, they were all in the house. Or if you want, you know, but you could have showed maybe one of them living in an apartment or something. Right, exactly. Or you didn't even need to show it in Chicago. You could have shown that could have been our ending, you know, one of the schoolgirls getting on a plane and you see like flight to Chicago or something. Yeah. And you see her on her back. I don't know. Like, you would have still known that it's moving. Yeah. Because we bring in this family, and, like, there's this young kid named Jake, and he just ends up losing his entire family. And it's like, yeah, it's terrible, but at the same time, you're like, me. You know? Right, exactly. Like, you show him and his sister in the apartment after his parents have killed themselves viciously, 
and you kind of don't even care. You're just like, okay, so who's going to die next and how? Yeah, and it's not like you get closure from that, which is on purpose, but it's also like, okay, well, this poor kid is now like an orphan with no sister. So cool. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, but the sister is now over there and she is actually, she has this friend that she's made named Eason, who basically when she's at the hospital initially says that he is a journalist and really needs to talk to Karen. And the real reason he needs to talk to Karen is because he's been in the house and he knows what's happening to him and basically wants to find out what she knows is kind of what it seems like, you know, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't work out because Karen dies right in front of them, which is super traumatizing. Oh my God. Yeah. Literally they're outside the freaking hospital arguing and Karen's body drops down in front of him, like splatters him with blood and everything. Great scene. Yeah. It was, it was a good death. Like, Mm -hmm. It looked pretty good, too. Agreed. Especially because the our sister can't see it, but Eason sees that the grudge girl is on her back. Like, she pulled her down off yeah, the roof. That was, that was not a suicide. That was a homicide. Yes. <laughs> so, Eason basically is the one who explains the curse to her sister, Aubrey, and saying that he rescued Karen from the house fire. And he's trying to, you know, investigate all the murders and all the events surrounding that house. And because he went in there and rescued Karen, he's fucked. Yeah. He's starting to get that because now he's starting to see this bitch around town. (laughs) Yeah. They both go to the house. And if I was Eason, first of all, I would have just been like, you stay at my apartment. I will Mm -hmm. be right back. Don't even come to the house. Yeah. Like, don't, don't even like walk past it on the street because it does this thing where it like, she sees it in the window and she kind of like opens the gate and then it just pulls her in without her yeah. choice. So it, so now she's fucked. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Ooh, I got another one. Right. Exactly. Even cause you hear her sister, the first, the last thing that she said basically was don't go in that house. And you hear her sister whispering that to her again, don't go in that house. And she like looks and then it doesn't matter. She's in it. Terrifying. Yeah. And it happens pretty quick for her too, but unfortunately, like Eason's like mad at her, you know. It's like, why did you come in here? And she's like saying, uh, I couldn't help but it pulled me in. And so now that they both have this curse, it's definitely like the way they gotta hurry, you know, they're yeah. like racing against time now, like as most films do, you know. <laughs> right. Now Eason has taken photos. Also, I always remembered the red room scene hated it mm, yeah that was uh, that there there are some good ones in this film i will say it they're too frequent but they do hit some nails on the head because this fucking developing room scene was terrible agreed there's some good like like you said when she's under the covers in the hotel room that's a good one when the freaking locker room that's a good one and i agree the uh, photo development room yeah She's scary when she comes out of the developer solution. Mm. Dark room. Oh my god! And they just stare at each other for a minute. Yes, dude. What are you doing? What are you? Why are you standing there? Run! That's the worst because you're. It's kind of like a rabid dog. Like yeah, you're like you're frozen and don't want to move. If you run, Uh. they're going to pursue. Yes. That that's like the scariest to me is when they're just staring at each other because I'm like, I can't also can't imagine watching this thing come up out of mm-hmm. the solution, the water there, and then just be staring. And she's just like creeping over the basin, looking at him. 
Yep, agreed. Like, I'm sitting here yelling at him to run, but I agree I'd fucking be frozen in fear. Oh, I just I would hope my body would just hit like let me pass out. Like I don't yeah, want yes. to Yeah, exactly. But Karen's sister is in the next fucking room. Scream, dude, say something. Come on. Yeah, no. he's just like literally when I like frozen, like can't talk, can't yes. move. And he knows that he's gonna die. Which is fair. It's it's almost like the end of the ring where she comes out of the TV and he's like, Oh my fucking god, like trying to get away from her, but also terrified. It's that. And that would be me. Yeah, like I'd probably just start sobbing immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just be tears just coming out of my face. Make it and, fast, please. Yeah, but no, she just stares at him Ugh. for like forever. Ugh. So like, the sister is sleeping, her Aubrey's sleeping in the next room and and before that like you she's he's looking at a a photo and it starts moving and that's what happens. So it's actually a pretty creepy scene but she finds him the next day and she like hugs him and he she feels a hug back and looks and it's her. So like she's next. Yes. Ugh. Well, it's got one now it's coming to you so him being alive was essentially saving her because it was focused on him because he was in the house first but nope too bad now he's dead which right. is sad because also this is somebody that this another scary thing this is somebody that was translating for you showing you a city mm -hmm. you've never been in before and now you have a fucking homicidal ghost after you and you don't even speak the language like right but also i feel like in the background Basically, the grudge girl wants someone to go to her village and walk back through this archway so that she can now go wherever the fuck she wants. So I feel like it's not that she's not haunting Aubrey. I feel like she almost knows that she's going to be the one that's going to get her out of this scenario and she'll kill her later. Like, that's fine. But I feel like she just waits because there's a few times like there's one time where Aubrey is walking around Karen's bedroom after she died and the grudge girl's in the corner just watching her. I feel like she's just almost just waiting because she she is on her fucking back when she goes to her old village and the grudge girl's mom actually sees her. Yeah. And then that well, your theory there is can like continue to be like she hasn't like made anyone spoiler alert she hasn't made anyone else one of her so yeah. there's definitely something special about this girl yeah exactly maybe it's a more of a desire to understand than to annihilate mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or I don't know. to use her she's like okay she'll get me out of here and then i'm gonna replace her as the ghost so i can go where the fuck i want oh that's a good point too because i didn't quite make that connection either you know yeah because she does end up, Aubrey ends up becoming the, basically one of the ghosts of the house, like her and like the boy and now um, Aubrey. So mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the ending, but we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but so she finds out before her friend died, they found out about her and her mother through this, is he an investigator or something like that? I don't remember what he was, a shaman maybe. I don't remember yeah. what he was. But they find out about her. So she's going to go and find her mother. And you see her like on a bus and you see like the little boy sitting next to her in the reflection and they're just sitting there. They're just going with her. Mm -hmm. 
And then yeah. there's like this crazy old man playing peekaboo with somebody. Creepy. Yeah, and you don't ever see who. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, you can guess who. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's either the kid or the bitch, and either <laughs> one is not great. <laughs> right. Because you see the kid sitting next to her, so maybe it's him. Maybe uh, Toshio is playing, playing with this old man. Creepy. Yeah, exactly. So, so they go to the mother, and the mother basically says, you know, we, my daughter and I, took these spirits and helped these people, but she just tortured her daughter. Like, yeah. She, like, fed her cursed blood, essentially. Yeah, from, like, a very young age. It's not like as a teenager this was happening. She's, like, six in one of the scenes. Right. And she just is obedient and opens her mouth and takes the curse. And the curse is multiple, several over her lifetime. Many. <laughs> right. And she basically is talking to the mother. And the mother is, like... You kind of arguing that she didn't make her what she was and that she was foolish because of the way she died and it's like but a lot of people die because they're murdered out of like a you know passion yeah and don't become this exactly I mean as far as we know <laughs> right but no you did this you know you you did you did this so when they're there the mother eventually realizes that she brought her to her on accident Aubrey didn't mean to do that but and then she literally just like the grudge walks up to her and kills her Mm -hmm. and Aubrey's just watching this woman start to like die right in front of her with no explanation (laughs) right terrifying yeah exactly so you know she she did now she's dead and Aubrey is like what the hell we still have, you know, Allison, which is the girl that went back to Chicago, being super fucking haunted, but nah. <laughs> and then the other family next to them being super disturbed, and there's a he knows that there's a presence in the building, and he's seen a hooded stranger who covers windows with newspaper. You know, so all that's going on too, but just so you know, all of those people pretty much die. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's the storyline there. This poor kid Jake is terrified because he knows there's shit going on and he's the only one that's really caught on to it, but everyone around him dies. Exactly. And the main part with the Chicago storyline is his his dad just married a new woman, not his mom. Married a new woman, she moves in, they seem all lovey-dovey, and then they become the grudge. They become that violent murder. She ends up pouring baking grease on his head and smacking him with a fucking pan and i don't know exactly what happens to her but basically they become the curse yeah i i don't know what happened she's dead though yeah she's definitely dead i just don't remember what happened me neither so they they did all of them did and then (laughs) they did the original girl that went to the house she's like the last one left out of all these people plus him and she's out in the hallway in this sweatshirt this is one of the last scenes and she the grudge is behind her in her sweatshirt and takes her and then she's just gone with only her sweatshirt left no pants just sweatshirt Mm -hmm. but that's pretty much what happens there and that's how that ends moving on so (laughs) this ends basically sequence here of Aubrey is that she really does want to she goes back to the house and she's yelling into it like 
what do you want or why are you doing this or whatever as one does when they're just over it right and they're ready to just confront it and die <laughs> you know they, right come and get me because she calls her mom who she has a horrible relationship with who treat talks down to her and treats her like she's literal dog shit and she basically says i love you and her mom like says something mean to her and she says you can't talk to me like that anymore and hangs on so she, she's like ready to die you know yeah that's like the last little thing she needed to say before she died and then that's that so basically she walks in and the only thing that i really didn't need again was it's not they showed this like sequence parts of it a couple times and it's like we got the whole sequence the first time like in the mm-hmm. But this time, you know, she's taking her through it again as her, like through her eyes and actually goes through the entire thing of even seeing her child murdered. Which I almost, I I do like that part of it because there's a point where like when she's dying, he like breaks her neck, but not well. So it's mostly just her jaw. And that's why she makes that sound. She's like trying to cry scream make any sound like help me and all she's doing is uh so it makes sense on how he did that and why she's doing that yeah and her neck is still real fucked up i'm sure several things have broken plus her jaw Mm -hmm. just didn't die the right way right you know like right away i I can't imagine how long she laid there to die that's terrifying that's real life terrifying yeah like happens yeah because that's actually what Aubrey ends up having to do. So now the ghost goes after her and the the ghost man kills her in the same way. And she's also just laying there forever. Yeah. And this is after like the mom basically says you can't do anything about this curse. So Aubrey kind of knows that she's not going to do anything about it, but she, that whole thing gets reenacted and she basically, the person that followed like or has been doing these things turns out to be Aubrey because then she just became one of them yeah you see her falling out of the attic onto the the one of the schoolgirls who went to Chicago onto her you see she's the one that crawled out of the attic and it's fucking terrifying yeah so then and that's what's interesting about this ending is because they could have just killed her or whatever but they made her one of them mm-hmm. so it's just it's just weird it's weird i kind of like that though like it's a nice change that you don't often see a ghost you know switching it about and making you take their place so that they can take off that's interesting yeah i'm gonna go cause mayhem Mm-hmm. elsewhere or just you know there's one more little worker bee you have in your little fucked up haunted hive right you know so that when people do come in be like you take this one i'll take that one <laughs> you know <laughs> right exactly teamwork i wonder what's better death or being that because i feel like that you're just angry all the time oh yeah man i don't know i'd rather yeah i don't want to stay in that house mm I don't know. When she's coming out of the ceiling, I get it. She's a ghost, but it's not like the ghost of Aubrey looks happy with what she's doing. She also looks just as miserable. Yeah, she does. I mean, none of them look super happy, but you can tell, like, the grudge girl, like, when she's standing in corners and shit, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get you. Yeah, she's, like, having fun. 
yeah fucking with people this is my shit (laughs) right exactly (laughs) yeah but you know that's that's how I, i don't know if in the third one i'd have to watch it if they even bring aubrey i'm assuming not because i doubt she's on like the cast list if they even like bring that up again you know yeah I don't know. I agree. It's been a while. I need to watch it again. Maybe next year. Yeah. It only had a budget of like $5 million. (laughs) Ooh, budget $5 million. Box office $1.8. Ooh, geez. So it did release somewhere. Maybe like just, you know, limitedly, which is why it didn't do much on the box office, but just basically DVD. Yeah. So the grade on this one is kind of like, you know, overall, I'd say it's definitely not like awesome, but like mm-hmm. it's definitely not, in my opinion, terrible. So it's just kind of got to be a three, I guess. I mean, you're nicer than me, but I feel like it would get a three if I just had the Japanese stuff, but the Chicago stuff, I hate so much that I drop it down to a two, man. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and maybe I'm just like watching it and feeling all warm and fuzzy because I'm like, I remember this movie. <laughs> right. I just kind of tuned out a lot of the stuff that I didn't care about and watched the stuff I did and the stuff I cared about. It was fine. So, you yeah. know, that's, but you shouldn't have to do that, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. You shouldn't lose half of the movie because you're bored. You should just be able to like watch a whole movie. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. I did the same thing. I was like, ooh, I care about this part. Ugh. Don't mess on your phone. Don't mess run th- with your phone, Kristen. Pay attention. Yeah. And I understand why they did it. They wanted to show that it really how far the the reach went. Like it went overseas. You know, right? I yeah. get it. But they could have. I think they could have showed that in a less. I don't know. Distracting way. Exactly. It's very muddled. It, it's it. It doesn't flow with the rest of the film. It's like you're fine with Aubrey, you're fine with the schoolgirls, and then oh my god, why are we over here again with this family that makes no sense again? It's weird. Yeah, one like of it. the schoolgirls school went back to Chicago, and it's like, but you could have went after she was being haunted by her two friends. You know, she went back home, and it's like, eh. Yeah. It, exactly. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling because, like, I get it. I know what you were trying to do, and I know what you did, but it's like, also, I don't care. Right. Like, I, it even took me a while to realize that we were in Chicago, so the effectiveness of what you did was completely lost on me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, but so collectively, it gets a five, but that's from two people, so <laughs> right? Halfway to a ten. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this review of The Grudge 2. You can find us on, of course, all of our socials or The Exorcisters podcast, except for Twitter, which is at The Exorcisters. And if you'd like to join our little Patreon family, you can head over to patreon.com slash The Exorcisters podcast. And next time, soon after a mysterious stranger arrives, a sickness starts spreading through the village. Till then, stay creepy.